the shadow of the imminent storm swamped her street in indigo. An intensity bulged at the veins of the town. It was like looking down the wrong end of a telescope. Birds had run for cover in the elms. Cats and dogs took refuge under beds. A mid-September storm. An epilogue of summer. People stopped others in the street and unanimously agreed that whatever was over their heads, we needed it. Caitlin focused on the darkest blue section of the sky whilst lying on her back lawn massaging her lower abdomen. She was sipping mint tea and doing a half-arse downward dog before slumping on her back like a retired teddy. Her mind briefly went back to that Christmas party at Linda's a year ago and what had happened with Matthew and her euphonium was the last time she'd felt this bloated so for some reason she thought of it it had been a whole afternoon and an evening gathering and the attendees ranged from young to old from sprightly to crusty Linda's husband Martin had invited a few golfers who hogged the sofas and sipped uncontroversial lagers and discussed cladding. Linda's four boys and partners strengthened the late thirties crowd and their children and various neighbours' children meant there was a sizeable kids' table of pizza and crisps to help people out when conversation ran dry. Matthew, Linda's middle son, was there with his wife Caitlin had seen her before, but never actually met her. She was like an elf. Dainty. Feline. Caitlin and Matthew had been in the school brass band together. Caitlin played the euphonium, the brachiosaurus of brass. And Matthew played the trombone because he was six and a half foot, so his arms were made for the seventh position on the slide. She could never actually see him during practice though, as he was with the other trombones behind her and the baritone horns. They were all part of a larger musical group of friends, half corn hoodies, half Jeff Buckley hoodies. There'd never been any specific romantic moves between them, but Matthew and Caitlin always splintered off together at parties and days out. No one believed they were just content being friends. Not even them. They used to text after school. And they remained strangely exclusive to each other. People had forgotten the initial will they or won't they interest. They just grouped them as one and found them a bit boring now. They were like news anchors without the age gap. Friend zone meets shoe zone. At the party after the distribution of Teresa's famous fruitcake. Matthew was begged to pick up his trombone and play some carols in the living room, and he obliged, and his playing was beautiful. Caitlin remembers a way in a manger bringing the room to tears, and a nana spilling her snowball and saying the word bollocks, which lightened the mood. Matthew had caught sight of Caitlin in the doorway, leaning against the frame and cradling a cup of tea. He mouthed the word euphonium to her a few times, 
until people turned around and he eventually had to explain himself. Caitlin, you should go and get a euphonium and we could do a few songs together. The room erupted with agreement, but she could have collapsed. Matthew said, All right, let's take a quick interval and come back with a duet, shall we? Everyone agreed, so Caitlin couldn't say no. Sorry, he whispered to her in the doorway when people started refilling their drinks. She remembers the always smell of soap. Caitlin speed walked down the dark hill towards her cottage and she buttoned up her coat as she walked quickly to protect herself from the icy bite. The world was hibernating behind fairy lights and were tucked inside watching telly, drinking Baileys or falling asleep. She burst in the house and blasted all the lights on. It seemed to startle her home. The large brown leather case was in the bottom of a wardrobe in the spare room along with her gargantuan knitting box. It was heavier than she remembers, but it was perfectly preserved. The walk back turned into a little jog, which she's never been very good at, but her grip on the handle was exactly the same as 25 years ago. She wondered what they'd play first as she bumbled away up the hill. On the approach to the party, Linda's security light was blaring and there was a huddle of guests donning their hats and scarves and gloves. People were leaving. She could see Matthew's older brother and his wife on black bin bag duty inside. Had she really been gone that long? Linda saw her and the leather case. Oh, Caitlin, I'm so sorry. People suddenly realised how drunk they were, I think, and started leaving, and then Matthew had to start with the girl's bedtime. I feel awful. Caitlin brushed it off and tucked the instrument under a bench outside, out of shame. Then she joined in with some farewells and realised she could just slope off too. Linda begged her to stay for a nightcap or more of that cake, but she said, no, it's okay. In the window she saw Matthew, drawing the curtains and scooping up one of the girls with a bedtime story in his hand. Back in the garden, heavy rain seemed imminent. A meow travelled over Anne's back fence and over her feeble clematis, which had never really recovered from the harsh frost two years ago. Caitlin caught a cat's eye while she was in the recovery position rubbing her tummy in a circular motion. Was that a very faint rumble of thunder? Or someone doing a glass run at the little Sainsbury's? She was breathing very slowly and putting every effort into feeling the soil below her. The worms. The smell of fruity compost. She felt the first droplets of rain hit her forehead and her hands as she stroked and trapped the grass between her fingers. She had Bowie's words in her head. Love dares you to change our way of caring about ourselves. Humming the first ten seconds of that song is always tainted by Ice Ice Baby now, though. The rain became violent quite quickly, and the lightning overhead, followed by the waiting for the thunder, Down the street were giddy and confused children being allowed to get soaked 
Her parent insisted they come inside now. Two people killed every year by lightning, apparently. She'd asked Alexa earlier that afternoon. The sky was so dark, it was like plum skin. She was in awe of its authority, really. She shunned the soaking. It was sinking her into the grass. Even her eyebrows couldn't protect her face. Caitlin lives in a world of seconds, not hours. She was getting absolutely soaked. She could become one of the two this year, but she didn't care. Euphoniums aren't always present in orchestras, she thought. You'd hardly even know they were there, to be honest. 